Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to interview Steve Kazachik. He's a Tucson City Council member in Ward 6, which is the predominantly uh, geographic area of our show's footprint. And we're going to discuss a wide range of topics with the council member. Today is July 11th. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From May Mountain to U Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, and available on your iPhone or Android. Just simply download the Downtown Radio Tucson app. If you want to track us here on the show, we're on Facebook, Instagram, our website is lifealongthestreetcar.org that hosts all of our shows. You can reach us with an uh, email by contact at that URL, and um, you'll find us anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. And we're going to start today with a, a little news for some input. The uh, Downtown Tucson Partnership is in the midst of a strategic planning session, and they have reached out to a variety of stakeholders for input on which direction downtown should go. And one of those key stakeholders is you. They're looking for public feedback, whether you live, work, play in downtown, or whether you just have thoughts about downtown and its role over the next five years. You can head over to their website, downtowntucson.org, and there is a link there in order to take that survey and encourage you to share your voice and share your opinions about the future. Because even if you're not directly connected with downtown, a via, the vitality of a downtown is proven time and time again to be the heartbeat of a strong community. And you don't have to just take my word for it. Our guest today is Councilmember Steve Kazachek, and I think he will echo some of those same sentiments. He is the council member of Ward 6, which geographically is a good chunk of our show's footprint, most of downtown, 4th Avenue, and Main Gate. Thought it'd be a good idea to catch up with him and talk about some of the impacts happening as we head out of COVID and what we can expect here in the near future. Downtown is a significant uh, chunk of Ward 6. It's a significant chunk of the region. Every successful metropolitan area in the in the nation uh, is reliant on having a successful downtown, and then the and then the development the, and the success kind of escalates out in concentric circles. So, when I started doing this in 2009, we were right in the middle of a or at the tail end of a recession. Downtown was pretty dormant. Uh, we, we do have the streetcar, but we at the time we did not have any development. Uh, we've since then uh, put in a series of uh, north of 20 uh, development incentives that at the time we implemented them, the um, lending institutions were, were saying uh, not so fast. Uh, we're in a recession, and so we need to see some public sector skin in the game before we start lending to private, even private investors. We did that. Um, since that time, we've had over $500 million of private sector dollars going to uh, downtown and the surrounding area. And uh, 
you know, the success is pretty evident for anybody who uh, who takes a before and after picture of uh, what's happening in and around downtown. Yeah, I think not just in the um, the actual development, but so, sort of in the mindset. Because I know I've been I've been in Tucson for twenty five plus years, and there's always been sort of this understanding that the city, the county, and all these different municipalities don't always play well together. But right now, with with Rio the city, the county, even the state, I mean, it seems like there's a, a concerted effort to to put uh, the, the needs of, of Tucson and downtown uh, forward. So it's good to see that. Yeah, nobody benefits when the two major governing bodies in the region are fighting. Uh, that's the city and the county. And if you add on to that uh, what historically was a very bad situation with respect to Rio then then the entire region loses. Uh, when I started doing this uh, 10 years ago, we, we had uh, Rio Nuevo board that at the time was under investigation and properly so from the state auditor general. Uh, the auditor general issued a report that said the city of Tucson was way too deeply, I mean, the, the, the government, city of Tucson, was way too deeply involved in the development activities of the Rio board uh, and the projects that they, that they were picking were not generating sales tax revenue. Uh, they were a lot, of, a lot of money spent on plans that never came to fruition. We now have a Rio Nuevo board that, um, with uh, Fletcher McCusker, uh, Danny Cox, uh, Mark Irvin, uh, Chris Chief, uh, and that, that has really uh, got their act together. They understand development, they understand the real estate in, uh, community, and they understand finance. Um, the city now is a partner with them as opposed to having tried to take in control, which was never the intent legislatively of that taxing district. Uh, and the same is true with the county. The county and the city are working together uh, productively, and, and Rio Nuevo is really an important part of the downtown redevelopment, even uh, extending out now down Broadway in the Sunshine Mile. A lot of people think the Rio Nuevo district ends at downtown. It actually goes all the way out Broadway to Wilmot. So we've got a good, uh, good set of players at the table now. We also have a downtown Tucson partnership with Kathleen Erickson. Uh, who's uh, really bringing a lot uh, to the table in terms of advocacy uh, for our uh, businesses downtown, the Merchants Council. And so I think we've got, the, you know, we're all pulling the same direction now, and uh, everyone's kind of staying in their lanes and uh, supportive of the efforts of everybody else because uh, everyone benefits as the uh, as the downtown core uh, successfully develops. Yeah, and, and, and if uh, those listening aren't familiar, Ward 6 also then, you know, as, as far as the footprint of the show goes up 4th Avenue, it includes the university. So you've got um, a lot of economic drivers um, within Ward 6. Yeah, the um, main gate area um, with uh, Jane McCollum, uh, we're in constant communication uh, with her and the Marshall Foundation for main gate. Uh, Daniel Matlick uh, running the uh, 4th Avenue Merchants Association now and as well as you know, Kathleen downtown and the downtown Tucson partnership. Uh, the Rio board, the Rio district uh, is really um, circumscribed around downtown and then going east. It does not touch uh, FAMA and the main gate district but we have other uh, incentive packages in place that we're, that we're using to help with a redevelopment there. Now each one of them, has, each of those entertainment districts has its own flavor uh, there's a lot of um, franchise stuff going on around around campus, and you know, so Jane's got her uh, got her uh, arms around that development. Much much different uh, along the avenue, uh, where we're trying to uh, keep it sort of the uh, Fourth Avenue 
uh, character and, and maintain that. And then in the downtown core, it's a mix of uh, residential and commercial and the entertainment uh, function as well. And we've, we're seeing some, uh, some recent developments with uh, Herb Stratford and some investments he's made in Carmen Teatro. Uh, we've got the Fox, we've got the Rialto, you know, we, so we've got a lot of entertainment things happening downtown. In addition to that, Tom, you're going to see uh, some pretty significant changes happening in and around the TCC. Uh, the Rio Nuevo board has put over $60 million into the Tucson Convention Center and their partnership with Visit Tucson and Brent Dennis uh, the, um, with, the, uh, with the Visit Tucson uh, outreach team is going to bring some pretty significant uh, entertainment back into the convention center that that frankly was lacking during COVID, and uh, so we're hoping to, you know, hoping to see a lot of positive activity going forward uh, as we sort of dig our way out of the last uh, last year in the the pandemic. Yeah, if you haven't been downtown recently, go by the convention center. The hotel down there is open. Um, and it's it's an honest to goodness convention center hotel. You can go into the bar and go right into the convention center uh, from there. And um, had uh, the dinner uh, there not too long ago. And, and the it's a Tucson chef that they brought in and just absolutely knocked it out of the park. So it's a great um, experience. And you'll see the parking has changed. There's parking structures up, parking structures going up. It's quite that that investment that you're talking about is is uh, already evident. They've done they've done a lot of positive in and around the TCC. They've also they've also had an eye on preserving some of the historic landscape. We've got some money going into the music hall, into Leo Rich. Um, you've got the um, La Placita um, project that's going up the Flynn uh, as well. Um, and you mentioned the hotel. Um, circling back to 2009 when I started doing this, at that time. The city of Tucson was about to get in bed with a group called Garfield Traub, and the notion was to sink over $200 million into a single downtown convention center hotel that the city of Tucson would have backstopped the debt on. My point at the time was that we ought to be swinging for singles and doubles and not trying to swing for the fence in one in, in you know, one uh, fell swoop, and we stopped that hotel, and I'm glad that we did because at the time, those mega convention hotels were driving uh, local jurisdictions who backstopped them uh, into some pretty fin- serious financial holes. In fact, the city of Phoenix is still trying to offload one that they did at the same time. Instead of that, we've seen uh, the AC. We've seen the one by the convention center hotel. We've now got three or four hotels that are going up that are a variety of price points uh, that are not the full service, but they're uh, the service that is required for the guests, but but also to encourage them to go out into the surrounding area in downtown, uh, uh, you know, patronize the local businesses, go to the restaurants, go and go in and enjoy the entertainment, and don't just come to Tucson and sit in your room uh, for four days. So I think that we've done it right. Uh, these are privately funded hotels, uh, as as opposed to the city backstopping bonds. And uh, so we've got some significant investment that really is paying off, and and the local businesses are are uh, going to be the beneficiaries as, you know, over time. And as I say, as soon as we start to pull ourselves out of the you know fully out of the pandemic, well, a lot of new stuff happening. But I want to circle back to something you touched on because I just learned about this uh, of something old happening in the barrio with uh, Teatro Carmen, and that's undergoing a revitalization. You said with the the group that that worked on the Fox. 
Yeah, Herb Stratford has been around uh, forever, and he's uh, he's kind of dabbled in um, entertainment. Uh, he, for a time, um, was was over at the Fox, was involved in their their revitalization of the Fox Theater. He stayed active in the local film and entertainment business uh, industry. You know, he's he's helped with the film festival every year and kept that running. and And just recently, he uh, finished uh, getting some. Uh, loans to go into the uh, Teatro Carmen and uh, do a revitalization of it. And it's not just the building, it's that entire corner. So he's going to have what is now a vacant lot. It'll be uh, space for some outdoor activities. Um, and, and inside the theater, it's going to be a variety of uh, live entertainment, you know, plays, music, and, and that kind of thing with uh, some flexible seating options. And so he'll be able to uh, seat up to about 300 people in it. So it's not going to be a direct competitor uh, with, say, for instance, Rio Rich, Leo Rich or the uh, the Music Hall. Those are much different kinds of venues. Uh, and it's being right across the street, though, uh, he, from the hotel. Uh, he's going to be able to benefit from, you know, some of the some of the guests there who want to come into Tucson and, and see something uh, more um, reflective and representative of the of the local culture and the history the history of the area. So I think he uh, he timed it well uh, from the standpoint of uh, going in now uh, while the uh, market is the way it is. Uh, he'll be able to get some loans, uh, whereas a year or so ago he may not have. And uh, when he comes out of this, um, that I think he's going to it's going to be a real positive amenity to a lot of the cultural and entertainment uh, elements that are in the downtown core. We'll be back with our interview with Councilmember Steve Kazachek in just a moment. And I uh, want to remind you, first of all, that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Well, right before the break, we heard about a cool resurgence project down in the barrio. And we're going to finish up our interview here with Councilmember Steve Kazachek talking about what to expect as we come out of COVID and what are some things he foresees happening in Ward 6 in the future. Your, your office, the city, the county, everyone has been stepping up to try to help small businesses um, get through this. Uh, and I happen to, you know, because I'm on the Downtown Merchants and Retail Council, I happen to, to see some of the work that you're doing directly with um, uh, with the merchants. But can, can you talk a little bit about downtown, 4th Avenue, Main Gate, sort of what's, what's the feel right now from COVID? Are we coming out of it? What's the future look like, short-term, long-term? Sure. Um, the, and I, I want to give uh, kudos to, uh, in particular, in this case, the county, who uh, they're the public health authority. Uh, they have really helped to navigate through this. I know that there was uh, a lot of consternation, a lot of pushback from, from in particular, some of the bar owners who did not like the shutdown. But but remember, uh, rewind, rewind your mental tape to um, September, October, November of last fall when the state of Arizona was the number one hotspot, not just in the country, but in the world for COVID. We were looking at our intensive care units, our, our hospitals at overcapacity. Our healthcare workers were um, working multiple shifts uh, a day and uh, just getting burned out. So we have advanced the conversation. Obviously, since then, the uh, COVID is hopefully on, on the, the downswing. Although I will will say that in the last few weeks we've seen the Delta variant pop up in Arizona and um, in Pima County, so everyone's sort of guarded right now. 
but we we have seen uh, significant uh, investment um, by Pima County in the downtown core. They came up with about a half million dollars uh, through the county to help the downtown merchants. I worked with uh, Jan Lesher from the county, and, and we did the same thing over with the Fourth Avenue merchants. Um, the city used some CARES dollars um, for for uh, rent and utility assistance for merchants both downtown and on Fourth Avenue and over in Main Gate. So um, and the county did, did the same. So I think everybody recognized that um, if everyone was kind of left to their own during the middle of a shutdown, uh, the economy would collapse. Uh, and and so we we each individually the the city the, and the county and Rio Nuevo to their credit as well they threw a million dollars into downtown as well uh, to help downtown merchants make it through and pay their bills. So again, as we were kind of saying at the beginning, um, with the city, the county, and Rio working together uh, to to make to maintain the economic vibrancy of downtown, we're seeing that now too, and we're seeing the the results of it. You know, there were those were one-time dollars; they were federal dollars. But they were necessary investments to keep the local businesses from just collapsing under the weight of the shutdown that was driven by COVID. Uh, I am hopeful, absolutely hopeful, that we don't see this resurgence with the Delta variant. We are only right now at 53% fully vaccinated in Pima County right now. And that means half of us aren't vaccinated. And that, you know, that that's just not a, a good a good harbinger for for moving forward. If we're just going to open up and, you know, schools schools going to be back in session here soon. The governor just passed a uh, an executive order that prohibits the university from mandating vaccinations. So in addition to the 43 percent, 47 percent that we don't have vaccinated, we're going to have kids flying back into town uh, in a month or month and a half. And uh we don't know what their vaccination condition is going to be. So right now, we're I'm hopeful, uh, guardedly, uh, and yet um, we can't take our eye off the ball. I mean, that you know, that, that the, the, the reality is, is that uh, everyone's saying this Delta variant is more contagious and the impact is more severe than the garden variety COVID-19 was, and that was pretty bad. So I'm, I'm hopeful, but I... I wish that we hadn't had that mandate imposed by the governor that said people that the university can't mandate vaccines because I was and continue to be an advocate for that, uh, that the university say, if you're coming back into the community, make sure you're protected uh, because you have an obligation to the rest of the residents in, in this community to do so. Well, the university, not just from the, the student standpoint, but the events that they, they hold there, um, do you, is there any sense or has there been a conversation about how Things like the Tucson Festival of Books, if they're if they're going to be returning, and, and what that would look like, has there been any conversations around that? They haven't been, have not been yet. I know Fourth Avenue uh, merchants are trying are in the very early conversations about the Fall Street Fair, but I believe they canceled. Uh, maybe maybe you know, and I I think they I think they were heading in that direction. Um, and the, you know the the as you mentioned the festival of books the I know that the U of A athletics department has announced that they're going to be open uh, for full capacity in each of their stadiums and um, arenas so that you know that's going to be crowds uh, coming into town but uh, and the 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 uh, events at the uh, TCC are still limited capacity but again everyone's kind of got their eye on this thinking. Um, you know, we, we don't want to jump back in and, and then have to, you know, slam our foot on the brakes again. 
because uh, that just, from a standpoint of the economy, that just jars everything. So if we can continue to sort of moderately inch our way back into this thing uh, without overshooting the mark, then um, you know I think that that's probably the more prudent way to go. I don't know the answer to your question about Festival of Books, but at some point pretty soon they're going to have to fish or cut bait. Uh, the same thing with the gem show. We pushed the gem show out uh, because uh, not we didn't push them out. We extended the date uh, to uh, spring because they got to the point where uh, they they had to make commitments to international um, international uh, uh, de- displays and they you know, these kind of the, the shows the exhibits. Um, they couldn't make the commitment. I was talking to one of the uh, the AGTA folks out over in Texas um, to uh, about whether or not I could quotes guarantee them. Uh, that they'd have a you know unfettered unfettered access to the TCC and all that. And at the time, I said, you know, I I don't have a crystal ball either. And um, if discretion is a better part of valor,s probably make a wise investment to to give it a little bit of a delay and let's 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 see what happens over over time. Well, a lot of the information we're uh, we're talking with you today about is in your weekly newsletter, which is pretty extensive each time it comes out and. Uh, we're not going to be able to cover all the topics, but certainly invite you to to, uh, to uh, sign up for that because uh, you'd be surprised some of the things that falls within Ward Six. I was reading about Supreme Court decisions and student athletes, and so <laughs> everything is uh, encompassed in yours. But you did mention in, in a recent um, um, a newsletter about a survey that the ward had done, and then there's a series of follow-ups from that. Did, did you want to talk a little bit about that as we sort of wrap up? Sure, sure. Uh, we uh, we did a survey uh, of just Ward Six residents. We sent out uh, postcards and with a uh, uh, the survey on it, link on it, and um, I'm very very pleased to that we got over 800 people respond to the survey. And that's pretty unprecedented. When the city went out and did their budget surveys, uh, we had about 130 people um, take part in the budget process. So to have over 800 residents uh, in Ward 6 take part in the survey was uh, was gratifying. And frankly, I'm not entirely surprised because we have some very active residents in Ward 6 uh, in regular contact with them. So I know that they're, they're engaged. Um, the, the survey results uh, indicated that some of the primary issues of concern for Ward 6 residents at the top of the list is water security and the PFAS contamination that we're seeing uh, out by Davis-Monthan just south of our central well field. That's number one. Uh, We have a very, very active interest in in climate issues, uh, very active interest in the rollout of the 5G cell antennas uh, throughout the residential areas and primarily in Ward 6 right now. That's where Verizon and AT&T have focused to begin with. So we're going to do, as you mentioned, a a series of follow-ups to talk about the results of the survey. So, so the 8th is the next, is the first one. Then the, then the two after that are the 20th and 27th. And what we're doing is we're going to break them down into categories. And so the first one is going to be talking about water security, the environment. Then we'll talk about uh, local business. We'll talk about public safety. Uh, and uh, so we'll, we'll touch each of the areas of the survey so that people can have uh, an opportunity to tune in for all of them or uh, just pick up, just cherry pick the, uh, the issues that are more more interesting to him. Well, uh, Steve Kazacha, council member, Ward 6, heavily involved with our urban core. 
I know you are extremely busy, and I appreciate you spending some time with us today, and I look forward to the, to the updates, and I share your cautious optimism as we pull through this and, and hope we continue forward with our post-pandemic development. Absolutely. Perfect, and I appreciate the invitation, Tom. That was our Ward 6 Council Member, Steve Kazachek, talking a little bit about uh, what's happening in his ward, which covers a vast majority of the footprint of our show. We'll be back in just a moment. My name is Tom Heath. You're listening to Life Along the Streetcar and Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Well, we are uh, wrapping up here, episode number 159, making our way uh, up the list there, those numbers. Kind of exciting to have those many shows behind us, all of which you can hear on lifealongthestreetcar.org or anywhere where you um, find podcasts. We've done a good job of getting this out there as much as we can. You can find us on Facebook and pretty proud of our Instagram page. Uh, that is starting to gain some traction and uh, happy to say we've got some pretty darn good photos of our urban core on there. If you ever have a topic for us to share, why don't you uh, reach out to us on social media, hit us up, maybe give us a like or a share comment on something we should be discussing. You can email us contact at life along the Tell us what you know. Help us uncover these hidden gems that we need to share with the world. Episode 159, and honestly, I'm not sure we've scratched the surface of how cool this stretch of Tucson is from uh, A Mountain to the University of Arizona. And next week, we'll dive a little bit more deeply into the downtown portion. We're going to have Zach Baker from the Downtown Tucson Partnership. We've got some questions for him about the uh, recent announcement of uh, quite a large sum of money coming from the federal government into the downtown district for uh, post-COVID and uh, COVID relief efforts. Also, as you heard at the uh, top of the broadcast, we have news of a survey that they are asking for public input so that they can work on their five-year strategic plan. We'll get all that info and a lot more from Zach next week right here on uh, 99.1 FM. Do enjoy your week and do tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar. But in the meantime, in honor of our guest today, Steve Kazachek, who is known to be running all over Tucson, we're going to leave you with a little music from a group called the Teddy Bears and Marathon Man. Marathon Man.